Uh, the title of the message this morning is Staying Grounded in Spite of the Threats or Praise of Those Who Don't Know the Lord. We could also add even of those who do know the Lord, but particularly in this instance in Scripture, it's those who don't know the Lord. They're the non-believers, and the way they react to those who are believers, Daniel was not a Christian. They didn't have Christians until after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In fact, Christians began to be called Christians as a slur. The people who were not Christians called, oh, those people, they're Christians because they're like Jesus. And uh, it, be it began possibly as a slur. It was an observation by those who were outside the church saying those people act like Jesus Christ. And it became a, a rallying cry, if you will, for the church to be named Christian. In our culture, there are churches that do not teach the truth of God's word, but they consider themselves Christian. So I prefer to use the word believers, and that identifies with us from Adam and Eve all the way through the end of time, those who are believing the revelation of the Lord. But staying grounded in spite of threats or praise of those who don't know the Lord, Daniel experienced both in this passage. So uh, look in Daniel chapter 2. We're going to look at two passages in chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2, beginning in verse 27, which we also looked at last week. Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. But there is a God in heaven. Aren't you glad? There is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. As for you, O king, thoughts came to your mind while on your bed about what would come to pass after this. And... He who reveals secrets has made known to you what will be. Nebuchadnezzar was really thinking about the future, and God knew what he was thinking. God knows what you're thinking, too. In verse 30, But as for me, this secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living. But for our sakes, who make known the interpretation to the king, that you may know the thoughts of your heart. So the first thing that I want you to think about this morning is make sure you are exalting the Lord and not yourself. Make sure you're exalting the Lord and not yourself. You know, there's this old farmer. He had a farm that was kind of run down and he worked really hard on that farm and, and he built and he built uh, dams and he plowed and he took hauled off the garbage and the weeds and, and the parson came along, you know, riding his horse. And the parson came along, the preacher, and he got off his horse and he's talking to the farmer. He said, man, you and God have done a good job on this farm. And the farmer says, yeah, you should have seen it when God had it all by himself. <laughs> and he, that's the way some people are. Oh, man, God didn't know what to do. And then I came along and now God can use me. That's not Daniel. That's not biblical. That's not believing in who God really is. If we see the awesomeness of God, 
we look pretty small. Daniel reveals the revealer. Did you ever see the Wizard of Oz? And the, what was the wizard? It was just this little guy back behind the curtain pulling some levers. And, and we try and do that. We try and have this big, impressive image. Some people do that. When I say we, I don't necessarily mean you people or me. But some people do that. And, and we have seen, haven't we, within the last couple of months, all kinds of noted people, politicians, uh, entertainers, even those involved in Christian service have toppled because they had an outward facade, but they were behaving badly. Daniel reveals the revealer, and he didn't exalt himself. He didn't want people to think he was a great biblical scholar and had all the answers. He just wanted to focus on the Lord. And we have an old faith an old faith that has been examined and found faithful by millions of people for thousands of years. So if somebody comes along and they got something new, they got something all figured out, they can get followers, they can sell books, but they're not exalting the Lord, they're exalting themselves. You need to memorize this phrase. God chooses to use you, only change it to me, to put your name in there. God chooses to use you, not because you are amazing, but because he is gracious. He chooses to use you. And personally, he has angels at his disposal. I'm amazed he chooses us, aren't you? But we were created in his image. Angels were not. And God honors that creation of mankind in his image and gives us a tremendous opportunity. Even the most genius of geniuses is dwarfed by the knowledge, wisdom, love, understanding of God. Daniel understood and appreciated his personal limitations. God didn't give me this wisdom because I'm wonderful. God gave it to me because God is wonderful. He understands the deepest mysteries. In fact, uh, and I mentioned if you have a new understanding, be very careful. I have a pastor friend. We've been friends for a long time. We have agreed in doctrine for a long time. And he just announced uh, this month that he has changed his doctrine in uh, one area. And uh, I talked to him and about it. I don't agree with the decision he's made, but... It's a problem in a lot of churches. Jim Reeves and I have been in churches in Arizona that were in absolute agreement with our church. And then the pastor started moving things. And now they're not. And I can name three separate churches, now possibly a fourth, where that has taken place. So stick to the word of God. We have an ancient truth. God's not using us because we are awesome. God's using us because He is awesome and gracious and forgiving and loving. Jude challenges believers to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. It was once delivered and we keep teaching it and we keep following it and all kinds of new faiths uh, come up. <laughs> 
Years ago, there was a guy who wrote a book on why the Lord was going to come back in, when was it, April two, April 1980, right? We were getting married in June, and, and the Lord was going to return right before we got married. And, and so the guy, one of the guys in our church got really enamored with that. He was all excited with that, and he gave my dad a copy of this book, Why the Lord's Going to Return in April 1980. And my dad said, well, thank you for the book. I'm going to read it in May. <laughs> and the guy got all offended. But listen, the scripture says you can't set the date. The scripture says God has all truth and he has revealed to us enough truth that we can know and follow him and trust him. Don't be swayed by people who come up with something new. I'm a pretty boring eater. I don't like to try new foods. I got a couple of kids who are foodies. The only new food I like to try is if it's new this week, you know? I don't want it from three weeks ago. Yeah, that's okay. But, but if it's new, but I, I like to eat the same old stuff. I go to a restaurant, I order something that I know I will like. Why am I going to spend money on something I might not like? I'm a boring eater but I'm, a, I'm, I'm boring theologically too. I only stick to the word of God. And let me tell you, you're supposed to be boring too. You're supposed to say the word of God says, not some preacher, not some evangelist, not some amazing teacher, not the internet insight that you got. Stick to the word of God. There's a lot of false doctrine out there. Don't get people to follow you. Don't you get swept up in following them. Daniel trusts the heart of God. Daniel follows God. Daniel knows that God cares about humans. If you look in verse number 30, uh, Daniel said, As for me, the secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living. Daniel understands and appreciates his personal limitations. But then he said, It's for our sakes. God cares about people. God makes this known for our sakes so that Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego or Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah so they could all be spared from the edict of being put to death as we saw last week and earlier in this chapter. Uh, the end of verse 30, Dan God cares. Dan God revealed it to Nebuchadnezzar so that he could understand a little bit of the future. God doesn't give us absolute insight into what's ahead, but he gives us enough so we have a flow we can long for, look for, trust him. We don't know exactly what heaven's going to be like, but we know it's going to be great. It's going to be way better than it is here. So now jump down to the next part that we're going to look at this morning in verse 46. Uh, then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel, and commanded that they should present an offering and incense to him. Here's the second thing. When people praise you, don't let it go to your head. Don't let it go to your head. I love what someone said. Don't believe your own press clippings. You're not as good as your fans think you are. You're not as bad as your critics think you are. I like that. Nebuchadnezzar was the rich, powerful, in his day, the most powerful person on the planet. He had as much authority 
as you would say the leader in England and France and Spain and all of Europe, all of those put together, all under the authority of one person, that's still less authority than Nebuchadnezzar had. He had authority over regions and territories uh, in Asia and Asia Minor and Europe. He was a powerful king. And he fell on his face before Daniel. I I wonder what the other guys thought. Because remember, another guy brought Daniel in there, and there were other guys witnessing this, and this proud, arrogant king falls on his face before Daniel. And in the New Testament, when somebody tried to worship Peter, what did Peter do? Don't do that. When they tried to worship Paul, no, 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 don't do that. Daniel just lets this go. Because Daniel understands something. That Nebuchadnezzar is not responding to Daniel, he's responding to God. And he is overwhelmed by God. Daniel just totally ignores what Nebuchadnezzar is doing. Daniel doesn't say, yes, yes, somebody finally sees my brilliance. Ah, he's at my feet. Can you polish the sandal straps while you're down there? (laughs) Daniel does not do that. He just ignores it. He goes on as if it didn't even happen because he knows the heart of Nebuchadnezzar is not worshiping Daniel. He's not really even worshiping God yet, but he's getting closer. He's just overwhelmed by this knowledge. And Daniel did not compare himself to other people. He compared himself to God. Compared to other people, sometimes we look pretty good. There's some messed up people out there. Have you noticed that? Aren't you glad none of them are here today? Yeah. And, and there's some messed up people. And by the way, I'd love to have some of them here today so they could come and know the Lord. We need to be welcoming to those who are messed up. Church is supposed to be a hospital for hurting people. And, and so, you know, Daniel, he recognizes that he's following God. And this little thing that Nebuchadnezzar's doing, it's nothing. And he just ignores it. He realized that Nebuchadnezzar was really in awe of God. Look at verse 47. The king answered Daniel and said, Truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of Lord, I'm Lord of kings, and revealer of secrets, since you could reveal this secret. Daniel knew that Nebuchadnezzar was in awe of God. Daniel is just God's representative. So he wasn't overwhelmed by what Nebuchadnezzar did. He just ignored it. And he knew the interpretation was sure because God had given it to him. He had confidence in God and not himself. I have a little quiz, a little quiz time today. Are you humble like Daniel or arrogant like Nebuchadnezzar? We're going to call them Danny and Nebby just for this, okay? Uh, and, and listen, it's okay if you feel one of these addresses you, but don't leap to your feet. You know, I mean, if you stand up and say you're arrogant like Nebuchadnezzar, that might be embarrassing. If you stand up and say you're humble like Daniel, well, you're not humble because you're standing up <laughs> to get recognized, okay? It's like the church that gave a guy a medallion for being the most humble man in the church. A month later, they took it away because he kept wearing it. Oh, Some of you will get that later. Here's the quiz. Are you arrogant or humble 
And, and let me tell you, sometimes there's a very fine line between the two. We're trying to be humble, and we end up being arrogant. We think about ourselves too much. We think about others a little, not, not quite as often as we should, and maybe not with as much love and compassion as we should. So here's the quiz. When you win some award or praise, do you want everyone to know about it? Or when you win some award or praise, do you appreciate the, the award, but you feel okay keeping it quiet? Which one's like Nebi? Which one's like Daniel? If you're like Nebi, you want everybody to know. Are you okay keeping it quiet? When a job or ministry goes well, do you want credit for what you did? That's like Nebi. Or do you take pleasure in doing things for the church or in ministry, not caring whether anyone notices or whether you get any credit? That's like Daniel. Do you call attention to yourself? Like Nebi. Have you watched little kids? What do they do? Look at this, look at this, look at this. Mommy, look at this. You know, it's kind of funny. One night in our house, one of the little grandkids was on the floor and they wanted everybody in the room to acknowledge what they were doing, you know. Mommy, mommy, look. Grandma, look. Grandpa, look. Uh, the sibling, I don't remember which one of the two it was. Look, look, look. And we're all looking and, and then she forgot what she was going to show us. <laughs> But, but we want the attention of people sometimes. And we shouldn't. Do you call attention to yourself? Or do you call attention to God? Now, I was, I knew a pastor who said, anytime anyone told him, thank you for a message that spoke to their heart or something like that, he would just say, it's from God. Yeah, but... Somebody, I love this description of preaching. I just, just heard it for the first time last month. I shared it with Benjamin. I thought it was great. Preaching is the spoken word explaining the written word to exalt the living word. I like that. I like that. And so, God bless you if the message helps. But it's not because I'm a genius. It's because God put it in his book. He put it there. And His Holy Spirit is speaking into your heart in a way I never could. And so rejoice in what God is doing. Here's another one. Do you try to get other people to do all the busy or messy work? Because you're needed for more important things. Or do you willingly do the extra dirty work that no one else wants to? Anyway, I was going to tell you a story, but I'm going to move on. Uh, do you keep score trying to figure out who's done the most? Or do you do things just because it's needed? There's an older woman who was teaching a group of ladies, and she said, when I got married to my husband, I said, I made a list of ten things I'd forgive him no matter what. And I would just forgive him no matter what, all through the marriage, and then one lady came up afterwards. She was really, really struggling. 
in her marriage. And she said, what were those 10 things you said you'd be willing to forgive no matter what? The lady said, well, you know, I, I lost that list a long time ago. But anytime my husband bothers me, I say, Thank, good luck. Good for him that that's one of the 10. And I said that badly, but you know what I mean. Do you keep score or do you just do things because it's needed? Do you talk about yourself most of the time? Hey, you got some funny stories. Everyone wants to hear your funny stories, right? Ask your wife about that one. I'm assuming it's a guy. It could, could be a woman too. Uh, do you talk about God and the things he's doing? When people praise you, don't let it go to your head. Sometimes they're trying to praise God and you're the closest representative to God they can find. And choose to be humble. Intentionally choose to serve and minister, not to get recognition for everything you've done. Hey, look at verse 48. Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many gifts, and he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief administrator over all the wise men of Babylon. Number three, if you receive a promotion, earn it. I say, wait, isn't that backward? No, it's not. I've known guys who worked really hard to get a promotion. Once they got the promotion, they kind of coasted. When you get a promotion, a promotion is increased responsibility more than increased privilege. Receiving a promotion is to accept the responsibility of the position. And believers should be the hardest working people on the planet. Businesses should love to hire Christians because they can't find anybody who would work harder, more diligently, and be more honest and have more integrity. You kids that are in here, you should be the hardest working kids in school. Even if you're homeschooled, your teachers should really like you. <laughs> You should be the most obedient in the community because you have Christ. Daniel became one of the greatest political heroes, leaders in human history because he honored God with everything. And when he got a promotion, he earned it. He worked hard. He was a gifted administrator. He was faithful to his king. Even when the king was wrong, Daniel showed respect and served well. Later in this book, Daniel gets a, a revelation from God, and it's not favorable to the king. And at that point of that revelation, the king is still not a believer, and the king is still the guy who kidnapped Daniel and hauled him to Babylon. And Daniel gets this revelation from God, and he's hesitant to reveal it to the king because he knows it's bad news for the king. See, if that were some of us, we'd be like, oh man, you ready for this, dude? God's going to nail you, buddy. We, we would want them to know. Daniel cared about the people he served with and for, even when they didn't deserve it. He had a position of influence, and we know he shared his faith boldly and consistently. 
He did it repeatedly. And there's no way of knowing because the Bible doesn't clarify. But it's interesting to think if maybe the wise men who followed the star and came to find Jesus when he was born, if those wise men were the descendants of the men influenced by Daniel and they were raised trusting in the Lord and looking for the Redeemer. And so they came from Babylon. It doesn't say they came from Babylon. It says they came from the east. But it's possible. Daniel had a big, profound influence for God. He was an honorable politician because he put God first. Now look at verse 49. Also Daniel petitioned the king... And he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's actually Abednego, but when I was a kid, they told me Abednego, and it comes out. Abednego, over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. Number four, if you know someone qualified to do the job, it's okay to recommend them, even if they're your family or your friends. It's okay to help your friends if they have the skill set to do the job. I think God hates nepotism more than we do. Nepotism is somebody who puts a relative or friend in a position they don't have the skill set to do the job. <laughs> yeah, in America too. It happens in corporate America all the time. Privately held company, guy builds it up, grows the company, turns it over to his son, his son destroys the company. That story has gone over and over and over in America. Um, I recommended Benjamin and Megan to work here at the church. Benjamin's my son, and he's taller than me. <laughs> Megan's my daughter, and she's not taller than me. And that works well for both of them. So we have three people on staff at our church. I didn't hire Benjamin. I didn't hire Megan. I'm glad they work here. But I recommended them. Why? They had the skill set to do the job. In fact, I remember with one of the deacons, I sat down. I said, here's the skill set of what this person has. Here's the needs of what our church has. What do you think? He said, that's great. I said, there's one condition. He has the same last name I do. And the deacon said, well, try not to hold that against him. <laughs> but they hired them. Why? The skill set. That's what we need. We don't need people who get hired because they're related to me or friends of mine. I can't even get a missionary hired. Uh, supported in this church because they're my friend. The mission team has to recommend them. The ministry leadership team has to recommend them. The church has to vote on them before they get any support. So we do support. Some of the missionaries we support are friends of mine, but we support them because the church made that decision, not me. And I, I recommended Benjamin. He works full-time, com combination between ministries coordinator and also doing janitorial. Megan works one or two days a week as our administrative assistant. They do a great job. They make life easier for me, for the other leaders, for uh, all, all the folks in the church, and, and it's a blessing to have them working in that way. They wouldn't be working if they were my kids and didn't have the skills. 
They wouldn't be working if the deacon said, no, we want to hire somebody else. So, uh, and, and Benjamin and Megan will tell you, and even Sherry Miller, who worked here for many years, they will tell you that sometimes I am more demanding than I am understanding. And they're doing it because they love the Lord and they love the church. So it's okay to get a job, uh, to help a friend get a job. It's okay to recommend a friend for something. But if you have a friend that you know is lazy, and he or she comes to you and asks if you can recommend them for a job, you need to be honest and say, no, I can't. Well, I could get you a job, except that I can't recommend you because you're not as diligent as you should be. That sounds better than lazy, doesn't it? <laughs> but, but don't push somebody because they're a relative. And don't invest in somebody because they're a relative. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. Follow the Lord. But if you know somebody qualified, don't, don't say, oh, I couldn't recommend them. They're my friend. If they're qualified, recommend them. See, what we need to do is we need to stay grounded in spite of the threats or praise of those who don't know the Lord. You and I are probably not going to be in a situation where God says, I, or the king says, I'm going to kill all the wise men of this region. Which, that'd be okay with me, because I'm not one of the wise men. But I mean, I, I, I'm just kidding, it wouldn't be okay with me. But God's probably not going to say, I'm going to kill, or a king is probably not going to say, if you don't do what I want you to do, I'm going to kill every man between 40 and 60. If he did, we can't let it overwhelm us. There are Christians who, in the face of threats, they turn away from their Lord. I had a video on one of my old computers, and I lost it. Uh, the computer broke. I lost the video. I haven't lost it yet. <laughs> and it was a video from uh, uh, of the martyrs, and it showed this church where it was a, a church in one of the countries where you're not allowed to have Christian services, where believers can't gather for a public worship service. And armed gunmen broke into this church. And they uh, were yelling at the people and they were making people denounce the Lord. And they put a Bible there and they told the people they had to pick up the Bible and spit on the Bible. And they could live. And one by one, people picked up the Bible and spit on the Bible so they could live. And this young teenage girl picked up the Bible and wiped the spit off and kissed it. And the video ends with the sound of gunfire. I don't think we're going to have to live through that. But if we do, you need to know that the Lord is right. His word is true. We're not going to change our behavior because of threats or because of praise. And if by chance, 
I face that circumstance. And they put a gun and they pull the trigger. The first conscious thought I'm going to have is being in heaven with the Lord. Instantaneously. So I don't need to fear and you don't need to fear. And we have to be polite to people who disagree with us. We have to give them the right to disagree. But we also have to share the truth and not back down in spite of threats, in spite of obstacles, or in spite of praise. We don't let it go to our heads. You are not God's gift to humanity. Jesus is. And we keep it straight. So stay grounded in spite of what may come. And make sure you are exalting the Lord and not yourself. Because there's some pretty, pretty cool people on planet Earth. Pretty amazing people on planet Earth. But God is the only one who is truly awesome. Beyond our capacity to understand. So make sure you exalt him. Daniel was in a position where he could have said, oh yeah, king, man, you need me to be your right-hand guy. I've got an in with the Lord. In fact, uh, Kathy and I were at a banquet uh, a couple of months ago where we heard a speaker basically say exactly that. He had an in with the Lord and we needed to give money to support him because he had an in with the Lord. We enjoyed the meal, <laughs> and we left just as wealthy as we were when we got there. Not saying much, but uh, we didn't give. We give to ministries that exalt the Lord. We don't give to ministries that exalt the man. There's a song that we're going to end with in just a minute, but before we do, I, I want you to... The song is We Bow Down. The song is we, we acknowledge and bow down before the Lord. We submit before the Lord like Nebuchadnezzar tried to do in, in Daniel 2, but he didn't get it quite right because he bowed before Daniel instead of the Lord. But before we sing this song, you need to remember this is supposed to be an honest confession of the soul. So if you're not going to follow the Lord, you're not going to pursue him. You're not going to try and exalt him. Then it would be wrong for you to sing. But if you are going to, it would be the right thing to do in worship to sing that we bow down to the Lord. Because he is our awesome God. So Kathy's going to play through that a couple times. And just where you're sitting, you talk to God and you see. If you're really bowing down to him and wholly following him and ask him to show you ways in your life that you can exalt him and not yourself.